0: Welcome Welcome to the Dancer's Podcast. A couple things right off the top. Number one, I don't know if we can read this on YouTube. Please subscribe. It really helps me. That is truly the first thing that I... Well, it is literally the first thing I'm going to say. I was going to say that is true. When you say truly before anything, it doesn't matter if it's even true or not. It does add an air of importance to that thing. Truly. My tummy hurts. Imagine a toddler saying that. Mother, truly, I have an upset tummy at the moment. Um Okay, see I'm getting into announcements here. We have a live chat. I am realizing thank you uh live chat. I did spell uh please wrong. I have I have spelled please wrong. Boy, okay, we're we're getting off the rails too early here, folks. We know we know of my history of spelling; it's not great. I hope no one screen grabs this. This is in, this is an embarrassing photo. I'm gonna be honest; I don't know how to change the title because I'm new to this streaming software. Please, no one, no one screen grab this. The fact that I spelled please P L E A S or you know what? Do maybe this is gonna be good for the podcast. Maybe this uh is a believable case uh for letting people know that I was in special ed for six years sometimes people don't believe me right away. I can't say how they would possibly not believe me right now um anyway i uh I'm very happy to be here i'm excited uh for the pod today i uh I have some live dates coming up uh I'm going to be in D.C., Washington, D.C., uh, this weekend, I think it is, uh, I can actually look at the calendar right now, never mind, I can't, but uh, it's going to be the 8th and, or I'm sorry, yes, next weekend, the 8th and 9th, I will be in Washington, D.C., and uh, the 10th, I will be in Atlanta, Georgia, and the 14th, 15th, 16th, I will be in Arizona, uh, you can get tickets to that all in the link tree. Anyway, let's get started. I'm so sorry that that took so long. Uh, you know, it's, it's, my mind has been all over the place. I might've taken, I might've taken a little, a little adult gummy, if you know what I'm saying, a little adult gummy. Remember when you were kids and your parents would get the gummy vitamins and that was exciting to you because, uh, you know, you ate the gummy and then you became healthier. Uh, now I feel like the only gummies I take it is to uh feel anything. And you, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh I wanted to say this. I am uh, I'm watching the show on Apple TV Severance. I don't know if anyone's ever seen Severance. Boy, Adam Scott. Look up look up a picture of Adam Scott. This is all it's a great show, but that's not what I want to talk about. Some people look a certain way and you can kind of like uh you can kind of understand why they were cast in certain things. Adam Scott, and you might not agree with me, people think a bully looks a certain way. People think a bully looks like me, kind of. You know what I mean? Like me, if you if you ripped the sleeves off my shirt and gave me a wallet chain. People would think I look like a bully. A lot of the time, a lot of the time, that is not actually what bullies look like, okay? Bullies, bullies are all over the place. Bullies can look like anything. I don't like, I don't like the standardized definition of what a bully looks like because A, it's kind of me, right? Not, not to toot my own horn or anything, not to toot my own whore, (laughs) That is, that is a old west expression. There. Now, listen here, fellas. Not to toot my own horn, but not to toot my own horn, but I could potentially look like a '80s bully if you shave the mustache. I could potentially look like an '80s bully. A lot of the times, that is not what bullies actually look like. A lot of the times, bullies look very normal. A lot of the times bullies like I, I had bullies when I was younger, I'm not afraid to admit it. They're kids who I could have probably beat up, but I didn't go to school when uh when beating up was very popular in the zeitgeist, right? I think that beating up the, the height of getting beat up in school I feel like was the eighties, seventies and eighties. Kids kids just kind of beat each other up uh completely willy nilly, even at even in schools in like small towns. And now, the only fights that happen in schools tend to be schools that uh, society has turned their back on. Right? That's when kids... And it's funny because there's such a big difference now between school experiences, between kids who went to school in the suburbs and kids who went to school in the city. Because I didn't go to school in the city, but I have friends who did, especially when I started comedy in, uh, and I was in Boston. I knew people there who grew up in Boston who, uh, who went to school in like large Boston public high schools and i was like I, like i i like i went to such a little like nothing so safe just every so comfortable little elementary school and then i went to Boston they were like oh yeah we would like get into fights every single day and i if you got into a fight in my school it would be like it would be the biggest thing that if if we had YouTube when I was younger, there would be kids making like YouTube analysis breakdowns of the fist fight that happened. That's how big it would be in media. People would watch it. It would be like the only thing that happened but uh but and and if it's physical, it's like obviously your bully will tend to be someone who's bigger right some uh sometimes your bully will tend to be somebody who could get one over on you physically i had bullies i'm not ashamed to say i was so much bigger than if you saw them bullying me you would be like oh they're they're getting vengeance <laughs> you would go there they're getting vengeance these kids are getting vengeance on dan because dan bullied them you know what we're gonna also kick dan we're also kicking you know what because we see what this is. Clearly those little kids are getting vengeance on this bigger kid who is bullying them. I had this bully. His name was Spencer. How, how are you going to have a bully named Spencer? Come on. Spencer Spencer works at a hobby store. And he's really good at his job. Spencer works at an arts and crafts Uh, at an arts and crafts uh, store. He works at Michael's. That's where Spencer works, and he's really nice, and he's very respectful of the women he works with. And I got bullied by Spencer. He was so much smaller than me, it was crazy. But he was meaner. If Man, if I get... And this is something that's not talked about a lot, and I know that I, I shouldn't be the spokesman for this. There are plenty of mean, evil, jacked people, Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would never take away from that. There are a ton of guys who are super into weightlifting, who are like very macho and aggro, but there's also little people or smaller people who are very mean. Because they are small, they had to develop a sense of mental aggression Towards their opponents. Do you understand me? There are a lot of very small, very mean people out there. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's representation. Okay? I want to see movies where the bullies look like my bully. A kid who weighed 30 pounds less than me, but was way better. He just, he was one of those kids who realized your mama jokes existed early devastating devastating dude when you're an early adopter of your mom jokes because I remember the first time I heard a your mom joke I was on a family vacation I was in a wave pool at this little whatever this little like water park thing and there were these kids who were from New York and whatever we we're just we we're just fooling around and one of them said your mother and I was like, My mother what? And and it started to feel like I was drowning and the room kinda started spinning like I didn't know what was happening. And he was like, Yeah, your mom your mom is fat and I was like What? Don't you're saying that about Lynn? How how dare you? It's very funny. <laughs> it's very it's very funny. It's almost like when you get your ass kicked for the first time or I I mean I I've I only got my ass kicked in like uh gyms, like boxing gyms and stuff. Uh never never like out out and about, which I don't know how much better or worse that is. But like I, I think everybody at least has a moment where they feel like they were overpowered in a way that was like embarrassing. You know what I mean? I think everybody has has a time in their life where, like, they're a kid, and they you think you can do anything when you're a kid. You you picture yourself. You see someone skateboard. You go, I could do that. You see someone play the guitar. I you see Jimi Hendrix play the guitar. You go, I could I could do that. I could make. All he's doing is this with his fingers. All he's doing is this, like. You just don't know. You don't understand your limitations. When you picture yourself fighting somebody, you go, I'm the, I'm the most badass guy in the world, right? When you're a kid, you just think of the, And then there's always a moment, maybe a bigger kid, like you try messing with them or you're just playing sports with them and they you just like get lifted off the ground or you just get – I remember, man, this is so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm reliving this. There's There's moments in your life that you logically know. You logically understand that you are past them, but your like body doesn't. And I'm about to tell you one of those stories where I'm telling you this, and I go, I was probably 14 when this happened, 14 or 15. I was not, a, I was not an adult. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was playing a sport that I wasn't good at, which was football. We were playing this school called Wareham, and Wareham was like a rival of my school. I'm not going to say a rival of ours because I never had a part in that rivalry. It's tough when you're on a sports team, but you don't get any playing time because there'll be a rivalry and you are just not a part of it. You're you you're watching the rivalry. I watched a rivalry between a team I was technically on and Wareham High School, and uh, Wareham I think was maybe a little bit bigger in size and the kid. I mean the the athletic talent that they developed was like pretty crazy for a while and uh there was this one kid who was just a a complete man boy just a complete man boy just like he was uh he was not very uh he he wasn't even very tall he was just like built really early and we were playing their junior high school i will never forget this and i have the ball and he comes up i think to tackle me and he didn't tackle me. Instead, what happened was I had the ball, and then I didn't, and he was running with the ball down. He just took the football from me. God, I wish I could remember his name. I don't remember it. He was so good at football. He was a pretty nice kid. I remember talking to him like maybe for a second, because like, he was so much cooler than me, too. Like it, it, you're, You live in such a smaller world as a kid, and there are kids who are like They're maybe just a little cooler than you, but to you, they are are a celebrity because your world is so small. He was one of those guys where it's like he was like a – it was like if I was playing football against Leonardo DiCaprio. That's how – just because he was a kid and he could bench press more than me, I was like, this kid's a celebrity. But he took the ball from me and ran it. It's called getting stripped, which what a perfect name for that. Because that's how violating it felt. It felt like he pulled my pants down and everybody was pointing and laughing at my penis. That's how bad it felt. Getting the ball taken from me and having it run to the other end zone. Because that, if you have the ball in football, I mean, I i don't know how many people here have, uh, have played, but if you have the ball in football, your primary job is to keep it. You almost never want to give the ball away to the other team. And that is all I did that play. It was very embarrassing. It hurt. It felt bad. It was not good. It was not good. And I still feel it in my body. Like recounting that story, I remember uh I believe his name was Scott Monger. I think I think or Monger. Scott Monger maybe. But uh this guy kid i remember who was playing varsity you you ever have something embarrassing happen but you're you're saving yourself by being like oh no one else cared no one else cared about that i'm fine no one else cared and then somebody comes up and lets you know that they heard about it i i was like going through my head being like i suck i suck this sucks and then i uh it was absolutely demoralizing and uh but then I started to be like, well, maybe not as many people care as I do. I'm really focused on this because it's me. And then I walked out of the locker room and this like senior comes up to me. He's like, hey, I heard you got stripped for a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. I remember, man, when I was younger, this is this memory is just coming back to me. I should talk about this more. When I was younger, I would uh go home and Google. I suck. (laughs) I would go home and I would Google I suck on the computer. And I would read all these forums about people who are like, I suck. Like, this sucks. It was really helpful to me. It it was good that I was being self-loathing as a kid and not, like, interested in videos of, you know, heads of state getting unalived, if you know what I mean, if you catch my drift. I wasn't into that when I was a kid. I was more on the self-loathing side of things so i would google like i suck and then all the posts would be people like t- talking about how much they suck and then this was the old internet so everyone's response was like yeah man that sounds bad <laughs> the old internet was if if you think that the internet is uh is mean now man when there was like less there was even less control back in the early days it was horrible it's not to say bad stuff doesn't still happen on the internet. It's just like it's different now. It's di- back, back then it was like the wild west. It wasn't that I think there's still as many mean people on the internet now as there was back then. But the difference is there were no nice people on the internet back then it was not a single not a single normal nice person was on the internet back then and that's when i was on the internet as a kid and boy the stuff i got exposed to was crazy it was really nuts it's like an alternate universe where no one has heard of empathy it's crazy it was crazy like old like, – like like I said, when I was younger, I would Google, like, I suck, and someone – there was – I think back then it might have been – it was an early chat room. It might not have even been – or not, not a chat room. I'm sorry. Like an early forum. It might not have even been Reddit back then. It might have been something else, uh, like an earlier version of Reddit. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I remember I, I Googled I suck, and there was, like, an early forum where somebody wrote this. Long, brutal, sad story about getting dumped and cheated on and losing his job and his boss being disrespectful to him. And I remember the reply was like, Yeah, that sucks. That would never happen to me. I'm actually cool. (laughs) Just just coming on the internet back then, your life is probably exactly as bad as this guy's life or worse. And you're just coming on the internet like, Yeah, man, you suck. I'm actually way cooler than you. it's such a funny impulse it's such a hilarious impulse to like go on the internet and try one upping people behind a computer it's so funny like like a lot of people will talk about online haters and how bad online haters are and it's like sure yeah like you know people who send me in comment what i i can't pathologize you maybe you're cool i have no idea but there's a difference between, like, hating something online, like commenting. Because the thing is, if you put out a video, I, I think this all the time. Like, I've gotten pretty out there comments on some of my videos. But it's like, yeah, I put it out. You, I do, yeah, you you can comment, you know. Don't, uh. you know, don't show up to my house or anything. But, yeah, comment whatever you want. That's easy peasy, baby. Easy peasy. If you're seeing that video, you are helping me not have to do a regular job. Comment whatever you want. What, watch, make sure the video keeps looping and comment what, whatever you want. That's fine. But there's a big difference between like hating online and then trying to hate while simultaneously bragging about yourself online. That is just so funny and so specifically early internet. It's very, very funny, and now, yeah your your internet experience is curated now, like more curated at least. Like, I don't see any beheading videos anymore on my for you page. I just see cats doing nice stuff, and that's you know that's cool. That's the world we live in now. But, um, I'm sorry, I was talking about Adam Scott. What I was gonna say is like when I see Adam Scott, and I think he's probably a really, really nice guy. That dude looks like the kids who used to bully me the kids who used to bully me did not were not huge and by the way the depiction of bullies as these huge strong people i think are just to save the people who got bullied like i think people who get bullied like to describe their bullies as being like the biggest strongest guy in the whole world because then that means that you know oh well you got bullied but it was by this huge monster so it's okay like it's not that it's not okay to get bullied but you know you understand how you're providing yourself with cushion by being like he was the biggest strongest guy ever i'm going to say it was even more uh embarrassing to me that i got bullied by a guy who looked like adam scott I got bullied by a guy who looked exactly like Adam Scott, but he was so mean. You guys don't understand how mean he was. Adam Scott looks the, like the kind of guy where you would try insulting. Like it, like when Adam Scott was a, was a kid, he looks like the kind of guy where you, or the kind of kid where you would insult him and then he would give you a comeback that was way over the top of what you did and it would kind of shock you, right? Like you'd be like Hey, Adam, your hair is stupid. And Adam would be like, that's why your parents are dead. And you're like, whoa, dude. <laughs> Adam, who taught you that? <laughs> okay. Um, Any hoozle, Folks, sorry for that long tangent, but I had a lot of fun doing it. And that's what this podcast is about, me having fun. That's That is that—that's kind of true. Um, unless you're a Patreon subscriber, in which case I I am beholden to you. But uh, we have a few things that I found on r slash uh, self-improvement that I would like to read over. Uh, Let me see if I can pull this up. Great. Okay, we got a vent here by r slash self-improvement. Let's really quickly hop on Reddit and read the full post. This post says, I just want to fall in love with someone. I just want to fall in love with someone. Here, here's what this person wrote: I, 27, male, am doing everything right in life. Okay, <laughs> I have never felt that way. <laughs> That's damn. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe things are doing too good. Maybe I, I, not to not to jump the gun on this, but if you're having trouble finding love, and your first sentence is. I am doing everything right in life. maybe people are scared of you i I don't know if I could date someone who's doing everything right in life. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cool ass job. I love that phrasing. I have a cool ass job i work at the I work at the getting Pussy factory. I have tons of friends and a healthy social life. I exercise regularly. I go to therapy. I do my best to take care of my family members. I have a large savings and emergency fund. Damn, I might I might fall in love with you, brother. I, leave, I live well within my means. I don't drink. I eat right. I take my grandma to church every Sunday. I read books. And I try to keep my mind sharp. I volunteer in my free time, mainly with Big Brothers of America. And as a volunteer firefighter, on paper, I have a fulfilling life. You don't just have a fulfilling life. Um... You seem like you seem like an android built uh to make other people feel inadequate. You sound you sound like a damn I feel like I do pretty well, right? Like I I'm I I like my life. You're making you're making me feel like I want to freaking move to Saskatchewan. You don't have you don't have a second of time where you're not you're not bettering yourself or the world, do you? Maybe that's why you're not falling in love. You you gotta you gotta find a vice, brother. <laughs> that I I'm half joking. I'm I'm seventy five percent joking there. I think if you enjoy your lifestyle, uh, that's great. But I'm I I gotta say, and this is not this is not popular. I, I'm sure this opinion won't be popular. And I but I do mean this because I feel like I've been in this person's shoes, at least in terms of like how I'm living my life, you might be grabbing the reins a little too tight. You might be grabbing the reins a little too tight. Okay? These are all great things that you lifted listed off. Salute to you, brother. I'm very proud of you. You're living a great life. But you might be... You can, you can kind of white-knuckle your life and try to make everything good and perfect and make sure you're living the perfect life. you got to let go a little bit. you got to kind of trust the flow of things and let go a little bit. I list these things in a way to say I'm seemingly doing everything right, or at least I think I am. Everything I can do to improve my life, I try my very hardest to do, yet I'm lonely. I just want to fall in love. I meet people, I truly try, and they ghost me. In the past four years, I've had two major relationships. You know, major relationships, that's good. I mean, that's more than I think most people in this world. I mean, most people can't say that they've had uh, major relationships. Both guys ghosted me. Or after a year and after one after a year and one after six months, they're ghosting you after a year. Something doesn't man, I wish I could have these people on the show to talk about this, but it's like there's something there's something a little fishy there I've heard of people ghosting like after insane amounts of time, of course, but like to have one ghost you after a year and one ghost you after six months that's wild i mean i'm I'm sorry to if, if i don't want to diminish you know this person's experience and i'm I'm sure like they're their experience that they're recanting here just sounds so wild to me <laughs> anytime i start uh talking to someone male or female and ends terribly they either want something non-committal or they just flat out ghost me i am so over it that i don't feel anything anymore i meet someone and i don't get that giddy excited ener- oh i meet someone and i don't get that giddy excited energy anymore I'll start talking to someone and in the back of my mind think, don't get too attached. This won't matter in six months. This could all sound pathetic. I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining or angry at the world. I just want to be with someone I have this rich, fulfilling life, but I just feel like something is missing. I know to some of you, 27 sounds young, but I'm, getting, I'm not getting any younger. I don't want to be 40 and feeling these same things. I just don't know what else to do or improve. I just feel lonely. Maybe one of you guys has advice. Um that is I think probably a sentiment a lot of people have. Like I think we can underestimate how little control we have over certain things. Number 1. Like I am a person who wants, like, 100% control over everything in my life. I want, like, especially when I was younger, I just fantasized about this life where I was like, I do everything perfectly right, and everything perfectly goes my way. And it's like, there is so much more flux, and that's the first time I think I've ever used the word flux before. (laughs) There's so much more flux. There's so much more chance there's so much more random shit that happens. Like because you're a guy who seems to have a very regimented way of going about things, you have a very strict regimented, this is my life and these are where things go. It makes me feel like maybe there's a little bit of rigidness in other places, if that makes any sense. Uh, This is just, of course, me going off my personal experience. My personal experience is my own. When I was in college, I'm just going to be completely blunt and vulnerable with you guys. Like, I don't want to tiptoe around this because I I have a problem sometimes where I'm like, I want to sound like I'm bragging, but this does have like a deeper point. It's like when I was in college, I was, you know, I was running track. I was decent at it. I was pretty smart. I was good looking. I had all this stuff going for me in terms of like, uh, objective things, objective qualities. Like if I was a car and you were looking at the Kelly Blue Book, you would be like, man, why is no one buying this car? But the thing is, we're not cars. And it's not just your physical being. That's very important. It's very important. Doing all the things that you're doing, going to the gym, seeing a therapist, all that stuff is great. There's, there's absol- That's really good that you're doing that. But... We're not these like optimizable machines. You can get it good. You can tune things. You can tweak things. But at the end of the day, it's also like the vibe you're putting out moment to moment. And in my life, like when I was younger, the vibe I was putting out was atrocious because people could kind of smell on me like I was this perfectionist. I was so rigid and people don't base their uh like wanting to hang out with other people a lot of the times like at least long term on their uh accomplishment or their what it's just do you have a good vibe can we all know people who are great hangs that don't have a ton of ambition right that's not a knock on them. Different people have different levels of ambition. Ambition kind of just means that you're not fulfilled. You're not satisfied. You want to like go and achieve this other stuff. There's people out there who just don't have that. They're just happy and they're content. Those people, in fact, a lot of the time are great to hang out with. They're really fun to hang out I love those memes that are like surround yourself with, with men who are wolves. Those memes that are like surround yourself with men who are also wolves and who want the goals that you want and want to achieve. And it's like, do you know how horrible lunch would be with those people? You know how horrible lunch with a group of men who fancy themselves wolves is? They're just sitting around the table like, yeah, these stuff. I, brother, I just moved $500,000 into NBDT. And five hundred thousand dollars into BBS BBLL, and that's all you talk about. That's not what being a good hang is. Being a good hang is not like being the best at going to bed early and waking up early. It, those are that's a great quality, but it's just not what friendship is about. This is me talking to me also because like I've had that problem. It's like. I think with all the things that you're listing, you're maybe confusing romance with an objective quest of perfecting yourself and then trying to attract a mate through that. But it's like, it's not. It's mostly about listening. It mostly doesn't have a lot to do with your accomplishments. Accomplishments can certainly get someone's attention. Right. Those those things that we look at, like. Looks and money and all that stuff. I'm not saying it doesn't play a role. Of course it does. Of cu- obviously, I'm not stupid. But as far as a satisfactory long term relationship goes, it matters less and less from person to person, right? Like, I, I I'll bet you if you have more money, you probably have a higher rate of like relationships going good. But that's just I think you could probably see a lurking variable there where not having a lot of money makes a relationship harder because you have another thing to worry about and more worry and more stress will cause a strain on a relationship, right? But uh but yeah, man, I I would go ahead and say you seem like you're doing really great. It seems like you're crushing it uh, in terms of like physical things, but you got you got to crush it in terms of also letting go. And I know it's a lot it's a lot to ask, but it it is a fun journey. When you start going down it, because you realize how much you can let go and things are still okay. Some people don't need to let go. Some people need to hold a little bit tighter. I got a lot. Listen, I do stand up comedy. I got a lot of friends that could maybe hold a little bit tighter. Right. Everyone's always like, oh, letting go, man. It's like for some people, I, I have a lot of very close people in my life that I would love to see grab a little bit tighter and to stop letting go so much. Because what they're letting go is doing their taxes this year. It's a great, that's a great little thing to to wrap on, though. I, I I like that post. This is this is a very very interesting one uh, that I had uh, some to add to. This again is R slash self improvement. How can I be confident when I have nothing to brag about? Long struggles with self loathing. Anything I do uh, achievement-wise immediately feels less impressive because I did it. So it can't be that great. I've been there. Uh, th- there's a famous quote. I forget exactly uh, who it's from, but it's, uh, I would never want to be a member of a club that would allow me admittance. You know, that it's that kind of thing. Um, it's, it's not a good mindset, obviously, um, but... I I did read a reply that I thought was very interesting. Um, This reply is... uh, I want to credit the Reddit user who did this reply as well. Uh, LordNibbler16. Give them them as much karma as you can. Um, Dr. Ivan Joseph. This is a quote from Dr. Ivan Joseph. I define self-confidence as the genuine belief in your ability to accomplish the task at hand. That doesn't mean being deluded that you can do impossible things. Self-confidence is a belief that you can do something beyond your current level of experience and skill. Do you hear that? It is the belief that you can do something beyond your current, current level and skill. Does that mean I think I could beat Steph Curry in one-on-one basketball? I know a lot of guys, by the way, I know a lot of guys who think they could probably do that. They they wouldn't say they could beat Steph Curry like they would try to act humble and be like, "I'd put 5 up on him." <laughs> I'd put up 5 on Steph. Undersized, he's undersized. No, um if every one of your accomplishments uh immediately feels less impressive because you do it, that's a very normal feeling, I mean that that's also kind of just like the nature of picturing something and then like doing it like like when I was uh earlier in stand up i would I would dream about being a headliner I would dream and is being a headliner awesome absolutely in fact d c and Atlanta and Phoenix please get tickets to make me being a headliner be more awesome. But um, being a headliner is awesome. It feels great. It's a cool thing. I really like it. But there's also parts of it where I didn't, I didn't consider, like, that—it it didn't become less impressive to me. Like, I was still pretty impressed with myself. But I was like, oh, this is still real life. Like, this is still real life, and, like, this is something I can do, and it's not this mystical thing. So, like, demystifying accomplishments is okay, but it, it sounds like you're doing maybe a little bit more than demystifying accomplishments. But I just wanted to go back to that quote that the other user put up, which was self-confidence isn't the belief you can do impossible things. It's the belief that you can do things that are beyond your current ability. I love that. I love that because I do think that confidence is way less based on delusion. It's about, like, you have to be a pretty confident person just to think you're going to improve at something. It's hard to sometimes, like, convince ourselves that we're even able to improve and that's such a horrible feeling because it leaves us feeling completely helpless if you can't improve on something that you know you have a deficit in or that you want to accomplish or that you want to get better at well then you're stuck but you always can like it will it take uh a concerted effort sure does it mean you're going to be as good as other people absolutely not absolutely not no not necessarily there are people in this world and you might be one of them and you just maybe haven't found the thing that you or maybe you have like there are people who are just imbued with a natural talent in certain things that is shocking you will be shocked at how easily some people can do stuff that you're going to have to work really, really hard on, that's life. That that you When you opt into this, like living a life, you opt into the fact that it is not, the distribution of talent and skill is not fair. It is not fair. And I, by the way, it goes both ways. You're going to be way better at certain things. I mean, like, there's there's just like a never ending cycle of this but it's like there's just going to be people who look at you and are like oh and you're not going to feel the way that they feel but they, like it's just it's interesting to have to deal with it's interesting to have to uh look after but it it is like self confidence is this interesting thing where it needs to be dialed like too little self confidence you're never going to do anything too much self confidence you're going to think you can do too much you're going to think the business venture idea that you have is good. You're going to think that you can make money off of Mary Kay. Okay? These, these, this is what too much confidence gets us. No offense to the proud Mary Kay sellers out there. I hope you enjoy your pink Corvette. Is that that's what they give you, right? Also, I hope Mary Kay is an MLM because I'm thinking of an MLM and if that isn't the right one, I'm sorry. I just had a comment of somebody on under a video being like I I did a video about uh not attachment theories, uh love languages. And there was a person who commented on my video and said, uh like 'cause I let let me back up a little bit. So love languages is basically this like very simple idea or I I think it is more complex but how it was posed to me was very simple where um the uh w- what do you call it the uh, pr- people express love in these like five different ways and to to me when I first heard it, I was like oh that's like innocuous and kind of helpful cuz I think sometimes, like, personally, I do show affection in certain ways, and then I don't show it in other ways, and it's, like, nice to be reminded. But I made a video about that, and then a bunch of people started commenting, like, this is fake, attachment theory is fake, like, this is bad, don't talk about this. And, which I'm fine with, like, okay. So I, I looked into it, and I was like, oh, man, this is, like, this is a little bit wild like attachment theory it was started by i believe like a baptist minister and he only worked with straight like christian couples to develop it, and it's not scientific and all this stuff so i was like okay cool so i made a video responding to to it and i was like oh yeah like i i looked it up and i guess this is a little weirder than i thought and then somebody commented like you have no academic integrity how dare you this is this is how men are they like men men like are overconfident in their knowledge, this is why they make so many mistakes, blah blah blah. And I was like, "Hey, I whoa, The first video was a joke, literally a joke that involved attachment like theory, but I was not speaking on attachment theory like an expert. so just know, uh, there are so many experts on things. There are so many people who are more knowledgeable than me. There are so many people who uh, are more articulate than me. And I I if you're here for like information and academic bettering, I implore you to go to their other podcasts. I know it's probably ill advised to have a portion of your podcast where you implore people under a certain circumstance to not listen to it, but that's how we do it here at the Dancers Podcast. No foresight, no consideration. Full steam ahead. The Dancers Podcast. But anyway, that was just a brief aside. Um, just know sometimes I get things wrong, like the Mary Kay thing maybe, but somebody somebody in the comments said uh, it is an MLM, so that's great to know. Um, all right, let's get into this. Seeking advice dealing with low self-esteem due to crooked teeth. I have crooked teeth, which have significantly impacted my self-esteem and confidence, despite being generally outgoing and friendly. It's affecting my social interactions, especially with girls, as I feel inhibited to even greet them with a smile. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's heartbreaking. I, When I was like younger, I had really messed up teeth. My front two teeth uh, crossed. I was... I was lucky enough to get braces, and this is something that I wanted to talk about. Um, what I've noticed, because I've gone through a lot of like self improvement Reddit, I think America has an obsession with self improvement and weird health stuff because subconsciously, I think it's like so many people understand how weird and messed up the healthcare system is, so we try to do these like mental gymnastics and workarounds. But it's like the crazy thing is. With, with someone like this, it's like absolutely it is like developing self-esteem, especially from things that we can't control physically about our appearance. Is that incredibly important? Absolutely. But there should be this caveat where it's like we should also you should have access to dental care. Like it's crazy that you just don't this person has to seek advice on a confidence message board because they don't have access to dental care. And I like I it's it's so crazy. Like I we uh, America specifically is just such a like a weird culture where we put so much uh, emphasis on the individual where it's like I'm individualistic. I, I really am like I, I I work for myself. I've been making my own money like stand up is a very individualized field to be in. I make the videos by myself. I have to get myself up to write every morning and stuff. It's not that I ha- it's not hard, by the way. I've been hearing a lot of creators and influencers complain about how hard it is being an influencer. Even if it feels that way to you. You know what I mean? Enjoy the things that you're doing. If if. If you've chosen a career path and that career path is hard but it's completely you like it's that like the like the dancers podcast my youtube my instagram all that it, it, it you know I put work into it I put effort into it it never really feels that hard to be honest with you but uh like you know it, it's effortful but the thing is I chose every everything that I do I chose it with this if you're working a normal job there's so much you don't get to choose that it's crazy it'll make you go crazy and that's why I don't I would rather not work one it's not because I wouldn't probably make even a little bit more money it's that this is so much better so much better and I'm so lucky um and by the way I don't—this I, is not like uh this is not like a attack on those people. Most of the people that are complaining are making significantly more money than a lot of people with day jobs. So that's, you know, that is what it is. So this person who's seeking uh, confidence advice due to his crooked teeth, uh, first off, like, I think you—I wish you just had access to health care to fix your teeth. Like— I wish my tax money went to that. I like I, I, you know, ta- taxes. I'm I'm pro tax. I just wish they went to something like other people's health care. I love this idea where it's like, I don't want my taxes going to someone else's health care. I don't want my taxes going to fixing someone else's teeth. And it's like, OK. Do you know the other stuff your taxes are going towards? Because I don't know how much you would. I feel like there's a lot of stuff you should be, be complaining about before you get to other people's health care. Your your taxes paid for like some senators four hundred thousand dollar in office birthday. Have you ever seen those like the the listings of what like certain politicians do with tax money? It's insane. But yeah, man, I mean, this is just me talking personally and we, you know, we as a society, I guess the way it's supposed to work is we all get together and we decide, all right, well, taxes, we're all basically pooling our money. We're all pooling our money together and we go, what do we do with this big pool of money? This is a very schoolhouse rock explanation. But and also I think I'm probably wrong. Someone in the comments, please let me know how, how wrong I am with this. But I think like the basic idea of taxes is we pool our money together and we decide to disperse that money to the greater good because we are better as a collective than as individuals. We can do a lot more with that big pool of money than we all could individually with that money. Um and I I if you know, if I'm happy to vote for the fact that I would like some of my pool of that money to go to fixing this guy's teeth not just this guy although I would also like that if I could also put my tax money to just fixing this specific guy's teeth that would make me feel a lot better personally I would feel I would feel great about that that'd be funny you open open an envelope in the mail and it's like oh people's taxes went to you (laughs) oh hell yeah Um, but I'm going to use this just to describe the general, uh, the general idea of, uh, self-consciousness and like things about ourselves we can't change. I'm going to go ahead and say, and I love drawing from personal experience, um, I don't think I have any authority in that department, and I know a podcast is all about yapping. I know being on here is all about sitting here and speaking with authority, but it's like, yeah, I have no idea that That sounds like honestly really that when you when you said you can't smile, that's why it's heartbreaking to me because it's like, God that's such a basic that's only a basic thing, it's such a positive thing. And the fact that you don't have access to dental care that would help and fix that. And the fact that society would be better if this guy could smile. Do you understand that? All this guy wants to do is smile. All, he, all this person wants to do is smile. And he can't because we're busy giving money to Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin doesn't make anyone smile. Except maybe certain senators who are evil. And they would instead watch dogfights if dogfights still did it for them anymore. But they're so out there now. They've topped out on their evil meters. Now they have to just give money to Lockheed Martin. Um, oh, Jason, the live chat just said, you're not yappy in a bad way. It's refreshing. I I appreciate that. But, um, listen, like it's, it's not easy. And I've had stuff about my body that I've been like very self-conscious about, and there's really no easy answer to it. It's like, I think a lot of advice, I'll say this, I think a lot of advice when it comes to, like, accepting yourself and stuff is sort of dismissive in this way that I don't personally like, where it's like, it's so obvious and it's so unnuanced. which I know messaging is generally not nuanced, but a lot of the time it's just like, well, just love yourself. And it's like, okay, it's not, it's not an easy, well, just love yourself, sweetie. And it's like, we're, I am, do you think I'm just going to be like, oh I, <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. Oh, I never thought about that. Oh, I never thought that that thing about myself that I, uh, personally can't, uh, can't stand. And, uh, that has been ruining me and keeping me up at night. I never thought of just loving myself or it's like, no, it takes more time and you have to like develop that over this long period of time. Uh, I will say this like I've just if this is whatever, I mean, I've known a lot of people who have been able to overcome and at least like even compensate for shortcomings within their own lives. Uh, But like also, yeah, you don't even necessarily need to see this as a shortcoming. It's just like that's the way your teeth are. It's so stupid to even say that. It's like. A, A duh, obviously. And B, I'm kind of sinking into the same thing that these other motherfuckers are doing, which is like, d- uh, just accept your teeth. Just accept it. It's like, I don't think you should. You know what? This one, I'm going to, this is going to be one of my, uh, this is going to be one of my rare, uh, or possibly frequent, uh, answers. We, this person's solution is, uh, Push for better health care in the country. And you know what? That's going to go for everybody. It should be more affordable. Uh, you know, Medicare for all something, something. Get this guy to a dentist. I want this guy to see a dentist. I have never se- There's so many things. I, I don't hate paying taxes. This is the crazy thing. I don't hate paying taxes. I hate what that tax money goes to. I hate the fact that none of that tax money that I pay can go, can trickle its way into this guy's mouth. (laughs) That didn't sound perfect. (laughs) Ugh. Yeah, brother, I I wish you the best. I wish you the best look. I'm sorry that you're feeling this way about your teeth, but, uh... But, I, you know, I, I think we learn to manage. We learn to deal with these things, and it's hard, and it's brutal, and it feels really bad to do. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, I hope you find a fix. I hope you find a solution. There are some things too big for me to solve. I just wanted to take a quick look at the chat here, which thank you folks for being in the chat. Give me a thumbs up. Let me know you're there. I I appreciate you. Uh Sarah said, IMO, crooked teeth can be attractive. There's beauty and imperfection. That can be true. Sarah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I don't want to dismiss that, and I don't want to overstate it. But I think sometimes uh, that ideology can also lead to people kind of just being like, well, don't hate yourself. There's beauty in imperfection. and imperfection. in that person's there like, okay, well, I still have only one leg, and I need to figure that out. And I and that's not going to like solve it right away. (laughs) But no, I I appreciate the mindset and I uh, I do uh, understand that. I do understand that. But uh, that's that's going to be about it for the show, folks. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining. This is really fun. This is very productive for me. Uh, again, uh, check out my links. Please subscribe on YouTube. Oh, I, I guess I do want to talk about this very, very briefly. I have been putting more effort into the YouTube, and I've been doing longer uh, sync videos on the YouTube. I love doing... They They have, like, whatever, like 400 views, or, like, only one of them has 400 views. But uh, it feels... It, it felt like a real accomplishment to me to get even that many views on here, because... I do have this insecurity where it's like, oh, people only want to watch my shorter videos. They don't want to see me live. They don't want to listen to the podcast. That's true for a lot of people, by the way. And that's fine. I If you like the shorter videos, love the short. Great. Great. You are. I love you. <laughs> not to not to scare you, but I love you. But um, I, I've been putting more work into the longer videos on YouTube. I'd love for you to check them out if you're into that sort of thing. It's kind of a niche thing, I guess, where it's like of half vlog, half kind of, I guess, podcast at the sink with a video. I don't know. But uh, if you don't mind checking those out, I would really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, if not, there's thank you for listening. It means the world that you would sit down and spend your time listening to this. So I'm going to come out with a new one pretty soon. And I appreciate you all. And as always, have a good one.